church at Arena, we do give you a very, very warm welcome. If you've got a Bible, I wonder if you just turn with me to Ephesians in chapter 4. I just want to read a couple of verses because we're continuing with our series, There is Only One. And we've looked at There is Only One God, There is Only One Jesus, There is Only One Holy Spirit. It's my privilege to uh, take the second part of There is Only One Holy Spirit. And the, the strapline verses are found here in Ephesians in chapter 4. And verse 3, I'll I'll begin from, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father uh, Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And over the next few weeks, we've obviously got a few breaks in terms of Gavin and Glenda, and then there's Mother's Day, and there's different things that are happening. But certainly from now up until Easter, we're going to be continuing with this, with this series. And as I say, it's my joy and privilege to be able to once again talk about there is only one Holy Spirit. I wonder if you'd, if you'd just flick over to Acts chapter 10, those who have the, the Bibles, and I wonder if we could have it on the screens as well, Acts chapter 10, because in a few moments I just want to read a number of verses to you. If I can just say, a couple of weeks ago, Phil um, so ably addressed the, uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. He helped us to understand who he is and also what he does. And I just encourage, encourage you, each and every one of you, to get a hold of that uh, podcast, get a hold of the CD if you don't do internet, because it will really give you a very, very good foundation. I said to him afterwards, I would never have been able to have done what he did within that 35 minutes that he shared and just laid that foundation with us. We also had the opportunity, um, just lay, uh, going on from there on, on Tuesday, and Steve um, took us through in terms of some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit at our prayer encounter night. And I may make mention of that in a moment, but it was a very... A very good night in terms of people receiving and being touched by God. And it's just how it's fallen. It's, it's, been, it's been absolutely brilliant. And so, as I say this morning, what I want to do is not, I don't feel a need to lay any kind of uh, theological doctrine or basis or foundation because that's already been done. But what I do want to do is just take Acts chapter 10 and just share for a few minutes and then We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come amongst us as we've already done that at the beginning of the service and throughout. We're just going to encourage people who need prayer. They can come for prayer. And we're going to believe that God will do whatever he wants to do amongst us. But as I was just waiting on the Lord and just asking the Lord to just help me to understand what we needed to share, I was led to Acts chapter 10. And we're going to go through this because if I was to say to you this morning... If somebody came to you and said, look, I can help you to know how to live a successful life, a blessed life, um, a prosperous life, who would be interested in that? Just raise your hand. If, you, if I said to you, look, there's some things that I really believe that I have to share that could help you in your life and that could propel you forward in your life, who would be interested in that? I know you've already, yeah. Many of us, most of, the, most of us. And that's exactly what I want to share about this morning. 
Because there is a, it's not a secret, I don't like that word secret, but there are some principles that we can draw out of Scripture. And why I believe that Christian people who may know Jesus, and that's wonderful, why it could be sometimes you limp along is because you have never experienced and, and, and been impacted by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm as bold as that. You know Jesus, but we're going to look at Acts chapter 10 in a minute. You know God, but the difference is the Holy Spirit. Because we see in Acts chapter 10, there's a significant story that's, or event that's happening. In the beginning of the verses, which we won't put on the screens, but for those who know the Bible, that Peter is finding himself resting and he's on um, the, the balcony, the upper floors, as they once had in those Middle Eastern times. There were flat roofs and they was up there. And he fell into a trance, it says, and he had a dream. And in that dream he saw a uh, 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 fabric come down and, and, and animals, all different kinds of animals that were on that. And the instruction was, go kill and eat. And Peter responded to the voice by saying, how can I, I'm a Jew? We're not able to eat these kinds of things. And this happened a second time, and it actually happened a third time. And then Peter understood what was happening. And I want to say it was a significant, significant junction in terms of what was happening. Because the, the apostles had principally and primarily focused upon the Jewish communities. But he understood at that point that actually this gospel was not just for the Jews, but it was actually for the Gentiles. Now some of you here today may be from Jewish uh, lineage, and that's fine, but the majority of us here are from non-Jewish roots. That means to say we're Gentiles. We're we're, we're the uncircumcised. And the gospel, or God came to the Jews and the Gentiles were kept at a distance. But here God was changing it completely once and for all. And he was saying this gospel is not just for Jews. It is also for Gentiles. Those who have a bias towards the Jewish communities, you know, God bless you, we have no problems. But our, our understanding is that this gospel is for everybody. This gospel is for everybody. We don't run it through a Jewish mindset. We really don't. And we see here that God was wanting to get Peter's attention. And then at the same time, there was a knock at the door because there was some people who had sent for Peter. And I want to pick the story up in verse 30. Because what happened was these people came to Peter and said, Peter, will you come to our master Cornelius? He needs to see you. And in verse 30, it reads these verses. So, Yeah, we'll read it from here. Cornelius answered, three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour, at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me. Before we move on from there, just go back to that verse. I want to just say, if you've got the authorized version, it talks about how he was actually fasting and praying. And this week I actually, which is unusual for me, I just wanted to look at some commentators, what they had to say around this story. It was interesting, some commentators read into it, then, and most of them read into it actually, that what he was actually saying here was, the actual literal translation was, I have been praying for three days. Not 
Three days ago, I was in my house praying. I have been praying for three days. And one commentator even said that there's this this whole thing around the Greek language, because it's actually quite a disjointed sort of passage, which I didn't realize in many ways. But there was this thought of not only had he been praying for three days, but he'd also been fasting for three days. I'll come on to that in a moment. And then, as a result of that, there was a man in shining clothes stood before me. There was an angelic being, verse 31, and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Now, I don't want to build a doctrine here. Let me just stay here. Please stay with me, because I will get in in trouble with our teaching pastor. I do not want to build a doctrine here, but I do want to say in this particular, particular illustration, I see a direct correlation between Cornelius's attitude to God and to those who are less fortunate than himself and a move of the Spirit. I felt quickened in my heart to say, church, arena church, God is very, very pleased with us in how we are responding to those who are less fortunate than ourselves. And we need to keep reaching out to the poor. We need to keep praying. We need to keep that week of prayer and pray and get those prayer cards and pray. And we also need to keep giving alms to the poor. We need to keep showing mercy to the poor. We need to keep bringing food to the poor. We need to keep bringing clothes to the poor. And so I do believe there's a correlation between what God was about to do, and we'll come on to it in a moment, and Cornelius' attitude. Because actually Cornelius was showing that he was merciful towards others, and he was reflecting the heart of God. Here's a question. Do you reflect the heart of God? Do you reflect the heart of God towards others? Do you see others as God sees them? It's a big challenge to us. And we need to keep, keep, keep just having a heart for those who are less fortunate than ourselves. Verse 32. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. Verse 33. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Verse 34. So Peter has now arrived on the scene in Cornelius' house, and he begins to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. That word favoritism is the first time it's mentioned in the New Testament in this particular story. God does not show favoritism. Some of you here have said it's not fair. God's good to that person, but not good to me. I want to tell you, it's a lie of the enemy. God wants to be good to you as he is to that person there. Are you hearing me this morning? Some of you need to hear that. You might have had to deal with some stuff and say, well, it's not fair. Life isn't always fair how we want it to work out. But I want to tell you, God has no favorites. Well, he does actually. You are it. We're all his favorites. And he doesn't show favorites, but accepts everyone from every nation, the one who fears him and who does what is right. Verse 36. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. Verse 37. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judah, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached? Just stop there for a moment. Peter is setting the scene with these God-fearing people. You see, they knew God, but they didn't know Jesus. They knew God, but they didn't know Jesus. They knew about Jesus, 
but they didn't know Jesus. There was, in this, you'll see what happens here. It's wonderful. Jesus is revealed to them through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you might be here this morning, you're religious, you've been to church, you say a few prayers. And let me tell you, that's wonderful. Keep doing that. But God wants it to go way beyond that. He wants to reveal his son to you, Jesus. We heard through the breaking of bread that Jesus came into the world because he wants to refresh your life. He wants to give you what no man can give you or no woman can give you. He wants to give you that nothing else, no material possessions that can give you. He wants to give you peace and joy like you've never experienced. And it's from deep within. See, so Cornelius knew about God but didn't know Jesus. And so Peter begins to preach about this Jesus. And then he goes on into verse 38. That this Jesus, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit... And with power. The Holy Spirit and with power. And now we went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Verse 39. We'll come back to that. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the, Jew, of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. Verse 40. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. Let's keep going. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one. There is only one. Whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him. That everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter... While still speaking these words. So as they're coming out of his mouth, as he's speaking, it's like me as I'm speaking now, there was an outbreak. It started to break out. I didn't say, wait and then he'll invite people to come. Whilst Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit began to come upon all who heard the message. There was an outbreak. Verse 45. The circumcised believers... The Jews, who had come with Peter, they were utterly astonished. Here's a great Ilkeston East Midlands word. They were gobsmacked. They were gobsmacked. They couldn't believe what was happening. That this gift that had been poured out on the Jews was now being poured out on the Gentiles. Verse 46. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said... Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Verse 48. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. I just read those at the end because everybody thinks there's a formula to this. Get saved, be baptized in water, then get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not the way it's meant to be. It's not, it's not, the, you, we can miss, miss all that. The one thing that is crucial, that you, you, you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and then leave the rest to him. Because interestingly, I got saved, and then I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then I got baptized in water later. That was my experience. I got filled with the Holy Spirit before I was baptized in water. So don't be worried this morning if you've never been baptized in water, because it may be today that God just wants to baptize you. With the Holy Spirit. Let's just go back if we may. 
Because I just want to pick up this story and just say a few, make a few thoughts, if I, if I may, from verse 38. So we, you've got the story. Peter's preaching. As he's preaching, he begins to talk about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And as he was preaching, the Holy Spirit was poured out. And people began to speak in other tongues. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. But there's a few things I want to say about the Holy Spirit that I know. So there is only one Holy Spirit. As I've said, I don't need to talk to you about who he is and what he does. Because that happened a couple of weeks ago. Phil ably helped us to understand that. But this is my experience of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because it's interesting. It says how God anointed. That word anointed just means a place of contact. There was a place of contact where God made with Jesus. And I want to say that anybody who's been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've been anointed. It's not just for the guys who are on the platform or those who bring words. Every one of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've been anointed. There's been a place of contact. God has contacted your life. He has contacted your life. But the other thing to notice about this is that when the Holy Spirit comes, there's always something that he comes with. He always comes with power. The Holy Spirit always comes with power. The Holy Spirit, we can't see him, but we know he's real. He has a mind. He's able to feel. He's real. And he always comes bringing something. He always comes and brings power. He always comes and brings power. Because we say that, we read that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. I want to just take your attention to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. This is what Jesus said to the early apostles, disciples. He said, just stay in the place, wait for the gift. And then verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I want to tell you, you may know Jesus, you may know God, but the Holy Spirit wants to be very, very real to you. He wants to fill you with power. I felt there's three specific things that we're going to pray for this morning. I'm just going to encourage people to just come and pray. Uh, uh, Stand at the front in a short while. For those who uh, need God to touch them in their physical frames, in your bodies. I'm going to encourage you to come. I want to encourage people who need uh, to be touched. That point of contact. You know you've never spoken in tongues. You've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to come. But thirdly, I want to encourage people to come who lack confidence. Who lack courage. Who lack that sense of, you just know that you're not, you, you are being influenced and you're not an influencer. Because I really believe specifically that God wants to touch you this morning. Because he wants to fill you with power. This power, for those who have been around church long enough, it speaks of dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. Let me just tell you what that means. That dunamis, this power, means strength, power, and ability. Oh, do we need that in life? You see, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better employee. I want to be a better citizen. I want to be a better Christian. And there's no way I can do it on my own. I can only do it with the dunamis of the Holy Spirit. Because he gives me strength, power, and ability to do those things. Anybody hearing me this morning? You see, some of us are trying to do it on our own. And you can't do it on your own. You can only do it through the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to be the three C's. He wants to be the comforter. He wants to be the counselor. And he wants to be the convictor. But he also wants to come and bring power to your life. 
He wants to bring power to your life. So you can live this life successfully, blessed, and well. And so we see here that the Holy Spirit came to Jesus and filled him with power. And what did that power enable him to do? Not to go crazy, not to go wacky. Because some of us have had a wrong impression of the Holy Spirit. We've seen such nonsense and it's been so unhelpful. I want to say we're a Pentecostal, Bible-believing, Jesus-centered church. I thought I'd get three or four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Amens. That's, that's what we are. We believe in, the, in people speaking under the tongue. Somebody said recently, well, I haven't heard much of that in the church. No, you won't because people tend to do it in their own private life and we encourage them to do that. I want to tell you, I speak in tongues. If they've heard me around the office, I'm speaking in tongues all the time in the privacy of my own office because the Bible says he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. So I just speak in this language of the Spirit. I don't know what to pray most of the time. I'm lost for words most of the time, but the Holy Spirit helps me. So it's not something that's weird and wacky and crazy and, you know, out there, outlandish. But we see Jesus, how he operated. He operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what does it say about this power? It enabled him to go around doing good. Oh, we need some, uh, some, some advocates of that, don't we? People who will go around doing good. Some of you g- girls and, and guys in the community, you go around doing good. And we need more of you. In fact, I'll, I'll embarrass Debbie now. Dara, the BBC um, journalist man, said to me on the day that he was there, he said, if we only had 10 Debbie Hills, we'd begin to change, um, you know, what, what all this stuff. It was so impacted by you, by you girls. So impacted by what he saw. Because you, you're going around doing good. Some of you guys go around doing good. Anybody doing good? Anybody done good this week? Not talk about you doing good. Have you gone around doing good? Oh, there's only Zach who's doing Anybody go around doing good? Yeah. I'm a bit worried now, Phil. Okay. He <laughs> says, oh, he went around doing good. He can only do this in the power of the Spirit. And then he says, and healing all who were under the power of the devil. He wasn't looking for devils everywhere he went, but it just so happened that there were people who were oppressed by demonic things. I'm going to call it as it was, darkness, satanic things. Let me tell you, this world is full of darkness. There's people who will meet on the streets. Why do they get so aggressive? They, they say, well, they need to go to anger management. No, they don't. They actually need to get set free. Some people need to be set free. Because there's something that holds them. Anybody hearing me this morning? There's something that holds them. There's a hold in their life. And Jesus identified that. He didn't go looking for it. It just came to him. And he dealt with it. He wasn't able, even Jesus, he had to deal with it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, because God was with him. So my experience of this, as I just try and draw this to a close, is the Holy Spirit is wanting to be poured out here today. This is not just something that happened, you know, hundreds of years ago. This is something that is real today. I thank God that on Tuesday night, in our prayer encounter, there were four people who made decisions of faith, and there were many, many people who were touched, and who were filled with the Holy Spirit for the very first time, and some of you are here this morning. It's wonderful. God is still breaking out. God is still doing his work. 550 million Pentecostal Christians, God is breaking out. And let me tell you, he wants to break out across the billions. He wants to break out across the nations and the nations of the world. 
It's very much on my heart. Thank you very much for your applause and your, just your kindness with regards to church planting. But I was only reflecting on it yesterday. If this is just down to me, we're in trouble. If it's just down to the national leadership team, we're in trouble. Unless God breaks in in the power of the Spirit, it'll never happen. But that's what I was praying for yesterday. God, break out in the power of the Spirit. Do, bring an unprecedented move of God. You see, we can do what we want to do here, can't we? And we can use natural minds and we can have natural techniques out of good hearts. But if we wanted to see the towns, the M1 colony touched, it's going to be people who are available to the things of the Spirit, living in the power of the Spirit and seeing the Holy Spirit worked out in their everyday lives. It's only God. How can it be that Peter stands and as he speaks, the Holy Spirit is poured out? Let me tell you, these guys, they literally turned the world upside down. But actually, they didn't do it. It's this tension that we run with. This has nothing to do with us, and yet it has everything to do with us. You understand what I mean by that? God doing what he needs to do has nothing to do with us. It's all God, but actually it has everything to do with us. Because he always wants to flow through us. He's looking for vessels that are empty-handed, as we sung this morning. But we're here. Oh God, we're empty-handed, but we're alive in your hand. Oh God, pour through me. Do something in my life. Give me the power to be a better husband, a better wife, a, be- a, a, you know, a, a, a better son, a better daughter, a better employer. Give me the power to do good wherever I am. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we keep trying, church. And we strain and we strive. But actually there's an ease to the things of the Spirit. He wants to fill us with power. He wants to fill us with strength, power, and ability. He wants to give us this influence. So let me just say, this is how it works out for me. I just want to give you two stories, quick stories. I was really impacted by this. So you now got the vulnerability again of me. So I said to the Lord last night, as I was just looking again on these notes, saying, Jesus, I am so sorry that I haven't got more up-to-date stories. It was a big challenge to me. Now, the Holy Spirit has clearly been working through me. That's not an arrogant statement. It just is. But Jesus, I want some more fresh stories. I want some real power stories. I want some so I can give, I can brag off on you. But this is how the Holy Spirit worked out with me. Let me take you back to my early 20s. We went to a, um, we went to a meeting. I'll leave it at that because some of you will get all jittery by if I, even if I mention the meeting that we went to. But we went to this meeting, me and Caroline, and mum and dad are here, raised as, me- as Methodists but got radically born again. And can I say this? Then they crossed over. They came from Methodism into wacky Pentecostalism. It's not wacky actually, but they just, you know, they got really born again. And Caroline was raised a Methodist and just found her own way. But what I'm trying to say is this. I mean, I was the, I was the wacky Pentecostal in our life, because that's all I'd known. So I was used to speaking in tongues and whatever, and Caroline, filled with the Holy Spirit, I think she was about 17 or 18, and I remember early 20s, we went to this service. I'd never seen anything like it before. But all I can remember, the, the, the man who was in this big auditorium saying, if you want more of God, if you want the power of God, then I need you to come down to the front and I'm just going to pray. There were so many people that responded, we couldn't get anywhere near the front. And we was actually in there, because it was in the NAC, we was just walking through and all I heard was, fire! And I was on my back. And as I looked, I saw Caroline on my back, on her back. We had never, ever, 
experienced anything like that before. I thought, this is bizarre. What's happened here? So anyway, we, 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 there was some, I think we went back to our seats and then he did it again. He just says, there's people who just need to receive. And we just, we, we, were, we were gone. And I want to tell you, I was so touched by God, me and Caroline. Caroline's more quiet than me. But when I, it was tangible. I was serving in Milton Keynes Church. And it, it just so happened that I was uh, not beginning to preach, but preaching a, 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 a lot more. And it was tangible even for the guys. It was tangible to the point where my senior pastor, George, when he got to praying for people, he used to say, just Christian, just go and pray for them. There was something that was tangible that was happening. God was seriously at work. My disappointment is I'm talking about my early 20s. And I want God to do it again in me. Now I've grown, I've developed, and I believe I have. But he wants to come again to my life. He wants to come again to your life. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Because there was an outbreak at that point when I was praying for people that literally people I was remember sending to some cases that I had no, I had no idea what I was doing. Let me just say, there were people who were seriously pressed by um, demonic activity. And I had no idea what I was doing, but they were sending me into these contexts. And God was so speaking to me, I was seeing things and, you know, just boom, boom, boom. That they wouldn't even know as I just walked into those rooms. And God began to do some, do some things. As we were praying for people, people were healed and set free wonderfully. Not all the time, but that began to happen. That's how the Holy Spirit works. I want on the TV, I want writing a book. You know, I didn't need an autograph. It was just very low-key. That's how the Holy Spirit works. It was just breaking out very naturally. He wants to do it in your life. As you're in that workplace and somebody says to you, I'm not well. You lay hands upon them and God begins to do something in their lives. The Holy Spirit power. There was a couple of years ago, I was invited to go and preach somewhere. And uh, I remember preaching my message and midway through, I saw this lady I didn't even know, I'd never even met her before. I can't even remember the, the name that he gave me, but God gave me this name. And he says, you need to tell her that such and such and everything's all right with him. And I thought, I can't do that. I don't know. Was it Michael? Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Because I told you. I think you were right. I think, see, he's such a memory for names and dates. It was, it was Michael. Tell Michael everything's all right. I thought, I can't do that. I don't know this lady. What are they going to think about me? Well, anyway... We invited people out for prayer. She came out and it just wouldn't leave me. So, you know, old, you know, lack of confidence here. I thought this is my opportunity. So I just said to this lady, I said, before I pray with you, can I just say, does the name Michael mean anything to you? She broke. She broke. How How do you know? You know, and it was all to do with this person. She was carrying this huge weight around. That's how the Holy Spirit works. What I'm trying to do is that's how he works. I wish I'd have done it from the stage because I think God would have got more glory. Not me. I think God would have got more, more glory. This is how it works. The Holy Spirit gives us information. It gives us understanding. It gives us discernment. It gives us guidance. When we don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit shows us what to do. You've heard me say about how we came here. 
It was from a, from a distinct word, the Holy Spirit. When we bought the building at Mansfield, yeah, we were looking at the Westgate. I knew the Lord had said to us about going and buying a building. But as soon as the bank manager was writing the business plan, said to me that building, and can bear testimony to this, I walked in and I said, I know, I just know, didn't I? I said, I need to go away and pray for two days. So I went to the convent and just went away and prayed. But I just knew at that point because the Holy Spirit just witnessed in my spirit that this was right. So even, I didn't even have the guts to say to Steve and to stay, say to Phil. And you could say, well, it's easy for you to say now. But I just, I just knew it were ours. I would point it all down, but I knew it was ours. I think Steve knew as well, and I think Phil knew. I think all the elders knew it were ours. But that's how the Holy Spirit works. So it's not always freaky. It's not outlandish. It just shows us what to do in a particular situation. Two, three weeks ago, I had the opportunity of talking about the Jesus that I know. Hopefully, it's not in the most fanciful way. I'm just talking about the Holy Spirit who I know. Because in the natural, yeah, in the natural, I would not be able to do what I presently do. In the natural. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can do what we need to do. By nature, Phil would be very shy. He pushes through it, and he's not shy. And it wouldn't be his natural bag to be up there, but when he gets up there, we get it, don't we? He's mopping his brow like TD, and he's, he's going for it. The Holy Spirit, when we've had contact with the Holy Spirit, it causes us to have an ability and a power way beyond ourselves. Listen, let's not get hooked up on, the, on speaking in tongues. God wants you to speak in tongues. If you've never spoken in tongues, he wants you to speak. But it's, it's not, it doesn't say you will speak in tongues. It says you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. That's where Pentes have got it wrong. And power doesn't mean we strut our stuff and we're arrogant and we're rude and we're unkind. It doesn't mean that at all. Actually, there's power in, in quietness. There's a, you know when you've met some people, there's just a quiet, you, you know what I mean? There's a quiet power. That's what I'm talking about, which enables you to over, overcome. I wonder if Andy would just jump on the keys. I need the elders and wives, if you could help me. I need those who are key leaders in the life of the church to help me, and those who are on the prayer team. If you, of course, are one of those that you want to come and receive, then you just come and receive.